You're listening to a podcast in Orange, a Marshall's view of motorsport. Yes, exactly what you heard there. You are listening to a podcast in Orange. And this is the first A Life in Orange podcast. I'm Robert Lee and I'm going to be joined by my partner in crime. You probably hear us a lot around at the circuit. James McNeil, who I'm going to eternally refer to as JJ. Thank you for joining me. No problem. No problem at all. Um, so this podcast is just going to look at the news that's happening in motorsport, some funny stories that we've heard at Marshalling, and just generally a Marshall's look of how we view motorsport, which is from a kind of volunteering perspective, and you know we've got to look at it in a satirical way, otherwise if we take it too seriously, we won't enjoy it. So the first thing that we've, we've got to look at is the name, the name of how the podcast came about, and as you know now, it's already called a podcast now, however... There were some really, really good suggestions, which I'm just going to get up quickly. Uh, one of which was the orange segment. I'm a big fan of that one. It was, it was a good play on words. A mm. uh, good play on the fact that the orange theme. Um, there was also the closing down lap. There was a green flag lap. Um, we had what was the one that we came up with? Was it, we had. Uh, was it podcast to control? Yeah, that was was, it. was was one of ours. Um, just to read you out. Some more, there was like a weekday, a month in Orange. Um, the Orange Recovery Pod, which sounds like a nice, like, tranquil place that you go. Yeah. Something you see in a sci-fi movie, maybe, in yeah. Star Trek. Yeah, it just opens up and you sit in it after a day's marshalling. And, it, <sighs> and it's got that, it's got that, you know, the USS Enterprise, like, close to it. And then you just sit in there, you chill, you put your music on. And you, you you forget about all the days racing, everything that's gone on. Um, so if you're listening in, thank you very much for listening in. You can get in touch with us. Um, we won't be able to read it out on this podcast, but we can always read it out on the next podcast. So we're on Facebook, which is Life in Orange. We're on Twitter, which is an Orange Life. Instagram, which is also Life in Orange. And we've also got a website, which is lifeinorange.com. Get in touch with us anyway. If you've got a funny marshalling story or you've, you want to respond to anything that's happened in the podcast throughout then please feel free and we'll, of course, interact with you because this is as much fun for us as it's going to be for you, hopefully. So our first one, Jay, mm-hmm. is what do Marshalls get up to over the winter break? Well, I nothing mean, really. Well, well again. Yeah. Other than that, other than that. Um, well, we are talking about circuit marshalling, circuit as, marshalling. As, a, as a whole. So the circuit marshalling season tends to run from March to late November. A couple, There are a couple of races in December, the Plum Pudding race, I know at Mallory, is it Mallory? Somebody will correct me on that, I think it's Mallory, it might be Croft, it's somewhere. There is the Plum Pudding race on Boxing Day that sometimes takes place. So there's, there's very few. So there are a lot, quite a lot of marshals kind of like disperse from the circuit and like go and scatter themselves into the woods and then wait for rally cars to come past. That's kind of one thing that they do. Yes, yeah. Um, I know because I was on the Cambry last weekend standing in a forest really chatting pure rubbish sounds like a normal day of, of my sin. I did try rallying once you were there it was, was my very was, first, first rallying day and I thought rally cars running all seasons all weather tarmac gravel ice snow water whatever you throw it up and it got snowed off yeah I mean I, w- I didn't really feel the cold because I was sat in a nice warm Range Rover that day a bit of product placement there, Range Rover. We don't get one for that. Brand deals. <laughs> no, um, yeah, the, 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 I remember just standing outside in the in the snow, and they were like, "Oh yeah, it's running, it's running," and then it snowed a bit more, snowed a bit more, snowed a bit more, and they went, "Oh yeah, we've cancelled one of the stages, but not the one we were on." So we were like, "Great, you're not going to do this stage." 
and then a couple trickled past at like walking pace and like oh no. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I could have ran next to them quicker uh, well yeah maybe maybe it's just the thought of you were it. just the thought of you were running that it kind of and that's how bad it, the ice <laughs> was that day but yeah it, it got cold off now when the season finishes I notoriously go back to breaking myself on a regular weekend basis playing rugby mm. and then come the beginning of the marshalling season I'm still playing rugby so my marshalling season tends to run from the end of April to the end of October and a couple of meetings into November so we want to know what do you get up to over the winter break and if you can think of anything that marshals can do over the winter break because we've come up with a couple of ideas which before this we were, we were chuckling to ourselves too about ideas that marshals have or sorry things that marshals have gained at the circuit so like flagging incident of things that they could do outside the circuit now my one is I went down to London um, a couple of months back, and you're in you're in the tube station. It's busy. You're a tourist, so you're kind of strolling through, and you always get that one commuter who's coming flying up behind you, and he is, or he or she, sorry, is running full speed because they're going to miss that tube. Even though there's one three minutes later, the tube that they're going for is the most important. Wouldn't it be handy if somebody was stood there, blue flagging that tourist out of the way? If only. If only. Um, one thought I had was if you get you and some of your marshalling friends, you know, not seeing each other for a while, just go and stand on a corner next to a road, wait for an instant to happen, a crash, you go up, play your bit, make sure you have your fire bottle, just go up, sweep all the bits, and then people can just go about the day as normal, other than just closing the roads down, standing around for hours, not doing anything. That, that, that's, that you know, free volunteer workforce mm -hmm. there. Get somebody on a untapped potential. Untapped potential. So, if you've got any of these stories um, or any winter break ideas that Marshalls could come up with before the season gets going, we really want to hear about us. You can tweet us, uh, Facebook us, or you can send us a contact through through the website. We need to know these things because this show that there's going to be a raft of uh, ideas. Uh, the funnier, the better, and you know that's what we we want to hear. So, the season ahead. It's almost upon us. It's can't less than a wait. month away. In some places, it's already started. For those that go out and do rallying, it's probably going to just kind of continue as normal year on, year out. Those that are listening in the Southern Hemisphere, your season's probably coming to an end, so that's kind of sad times for, for, for that. It might be halfway through. Somebody will correct me. Um, so... Things that are coming up the season ahead. Jay, what are you most looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to travelling to Belgium this year for the Belgium Grand Prix. I shall be marshalling it this year. Last year I only watched. You're professional spectator. Professional spectator. Yeah. But this time I'll be the correct side of the fence. The correct side. Yeah, which is which is a pretty wild race. Mm. You know, it was great to watch. We, our, both of our drivers went out pretty early on. <laughs> Hulkenberg. <laughs> Yours made about 10 laps, was it? If that? Not even, probably not even. Mine that. made 200 yards to the first corner. If that. He didn't get around the first corner. <laughs> he didn't. He, get, he, got, he got to the first corner and then he was out. Did he go over Leclerc's car? Yeah, probably something mm. like that. Um, so, the event of Belgium Grand Prix, we went last year. It mm. was a fantastic event. Hopefully, this year it'll be exactly the same again. We've got. More uh, racing. A renewed, you know, championship mm. potential now that the F ones uh, coming on. But there are other other races as well. Little club meetings. You yeah. mentioned CNT before. Gotta one love of the, CNT. One of the best. One of the best. Um, just the raft. The, the difference yeah. in cars. 
especially because I do a lot of flagging. So like I would just love being able to do blue flags and CNCs you get them after the first lap pretty much. So what's what to love? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And especially where the CNCs take the place because they do quite a lot of Alton Park at Anglesey and Anglesey. Yes. You can see so much of the track, mm, especially if you're by the top, like Rocket, Corkscrew. Yeah, yeah. You get, you can really see the gap on like the closing. So it's good for if you're a flag, you're just starting out, like to be up there, so you can like, see like the speed difference and try and get your head around it. Yeah, and I noticed that at Croft as well. It would be a good place for a, a flag it if you're starting because you can see a lot of the track and you can see which which cars are closing up, which cars are, are, are you know are faster, yeah. and especially at different points of the circuit as well. So, you know, that's that, there we go, we've got a J top tip on flagging. If you are new to flagging, try and get to a circuit where a car's basically not yeah. going to sneak up on you because I've done flagging at Silverstone, like you probably have as well, Donington, um, and the cars, and Alton Park especially, the cars sneak up on you because yeah. cause it's such a you know an enclosed circuit with the trees, mm. grandstands, etc. Um, yeah, so that's always... A good bit of advice there if you're starting out and you're flagging, try and get down to a circuit where you can you can watch the racing unfold is what we're what we're trying to say. Um other races, two weeks time, I'll be in America. Well well, two weeks yeah, hopefully when this podcast go out it still is in two weeks' time. Um Sebring twelve hours, mixed with the IMSA twelve hours. That's gonna be an amazing weekend. Never been to America, so that, why not that, go marshalling? Why not go marshalling indeed? If you're going to go for a reason, marshalling seems to be the reason. Um, so we've got that Le Mans 24 hours at some point this season. Hopefully I'm successful with that. Fingers crossed. Don't know yet. There's potential. There's potential. Belgian Grand Prix, as we've said. I'm doing the British Grand Prix this year. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, I'm not. What are we going to do? I don't know. There goes the idea of a podcast live from the track, well, not live from the track, but done at the track. With a live audience. Or... Yeah. We have to do it in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're there in Belgium, yeah. keep your eyes peeled for two people walking around with a dictaphone just standing there. Then just like, <laughs> just like come up and just go, hi, I'm on a podcast in Belgium. Like, yeah, you are. And now let's, let's carry on. Um, what were the races this season? Like, so you've already got, we've got the 24 hour race. Back at Anglesey. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Missed the 24-hour 2CB race. The last time oh, I did that, you well. tried cooking Frosties on a camping stove. But then there was a crash, though. I yeah, didn't put an end to that. Yeah, you, you, were, you had to run out and flag. So, yeah, the 24-hour 2CB, uh, a C1's even at Anglesey. There we go. There's the first mistake mm-hmm. of the podcast. That's not being, put, that's not being cut out. Um, that's going to be... Interesting, because they're probably going to run the coastal circuit, which means there's a three-post, which, yeah. uh, as we know, uh, surrounded by the, around the track, so you can't get off the post. But it's worked before, and yeah. it'll work again, so let's, let's hope. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to kind of... Something I'm looking forward to is TCR UK again this year. Yes. I did the last race of the season at um, Donington, um, where Dan Lloyd took the title. Um very good racing even though there's only such a limited number of cars I really enjoyed the racing if that grid gets anything near 20-25 cars mm. we're, we're in for something that's that's going to be big yeah um, Blank Pan GT I was really looking forward to that this year and I don't think I'm going to be able to race it oh. and I'm absolutely gutted because last year that was oh it was fantastic it was like the cars just non-stop full pelt all the way through about, I remember because I was watching again yeah professional spectator again I but think there's about 50 cars in there or something like that. Yeah, at least 50. Um, 
and the noise of them as well yeah. is fantastic because you've got you've got such a, you've got such a variety of venues. So there's a couple of the um, our latest podcast uh, podcast blog that's gone up. Uh, five tracks to Marshall in 2019. They are on the UK. I will be doing another one, uh, which is slightly more worldwide. Uh, a few a few suggestions coming in from people uh, in a, uh, around the world of a kind of you know asked me to you know say what what's good and what's not good out there. So. Maybe the Nurburgring might feature, Le Mans yeah. might feature, Belgium will probably feature. Well, you'll have to stay tuned to the to the blog to find out, won't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. And you, we can officially say that you can stay tuned now because this is being recorded, so you can stay tuned. Now we're coming to our first section, our first section, our first feature, and it's motorsport news, and it goes something like this: podcast. It's James. So here is a quick run through of some motorsport news. A 52 year old man decided to dust off his overalls and go back racing in the British touring cars after announcing he wants to be the oldest man on the grid. He also told current champion Colin Turkington he was coming for his title when he slept in with I'm old enough to be your dad. However, that 52 year old's news was overshadowed when some teams unveiled pretty colours on their cars. This unveiling of the cars with pretty colours meant that Red Bull fans are left outraged as Red Bull releases the Red Bull livery that Red Bull have used on the Red Bulls since 2005 instead of using their alternative Red Bull testing Red Bull livery. And over the pond, Danny Hamlin won the 61st edition of the Turn Left in a Saloon Car Championship. Joking aside, Hamlin was led a team 1-2-3, like the first time since 1997. In other racing news, Lucas Di Grassi won the Mexican E-Prix, um, beating Pascal Verlaine on the line, confirming that he was the kid who would sprint out of class to be the first in line for lunch. We've all done that one, haven't we? Staying with single-seaters and F1 are back testing in Barcelona. The most notable things are Daniel Ricciardo's helmet is yet to load. Maybe he should try turning it on and off again. Might, might work and Charles Leclerc is officially the fastest man to be called Charles in F1 ever that's good it's mm, good. good the Denny Hamlin one to add a bit of context to it where people might not know is so one two three probably happens at most races but the fact that it's a single manufacturer <laughs> so Toyota have taken a one two three for the first the first time out of any manufacturer since 1997 which is quite quite <laughs> but did you watch the, the, Mex the Mexican E3 with Lucas de Grassi what so there's a, a, there a, there a bit of squabbling coming out of the final CK, or going into the final CK. But this 0% that they get down to for electric power provides such a thing because, uh, such a thrill even, because you could be out in the lead, but if you hit 0%, it's like running out of fuel, you hit 0%, you've got to hope and pray that that line comes up a lot quicker than it did. And somehow Lucas de Grassi managed to squeeze his way past Pascal Verlaine. Between the pit wall and mm. and 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 extremely and close, it was, it was. I've not seen much closer. Um, testing though, F one testing. We're back underway. Williams. Williams are there, which is good. They've finally made it there. Although Claire Williams has said it's embarrassing. I hate to say it, Claire and Williams. If you're listening, you're probably not. They're going to they going to work and back this week, which is four days. I managed to cover more miles than Williams did at testing, which is unfortunate, but they're there now, they've got all the next week, and we've got the Australian Grand Prix coming up, so, so whilst Williams are on the back foot, it's not the end of the world for them, so we hope, we pray, that they do get on, because everybody likes Williams, mm. I think they're Especially one of them for a legendary F1 team, yeah. it's sad to see them like this. Yeah, exactly, um, but I think we need to, 
make some predictions. Yes, we do. It's, it's early days. It's early days. But we need who you think... Jake, I'm going to give you the pen. You are in charge. Who do you think will be in the top three teams? The top three teams, I think... I'm going to go nice... Mercedes and Ferrari, they're going to be up there. They're the quickest by far, last season certainly. This season, who knows, testing's going well for Ferrari especially. But I'm going to go with Mercedes, Ferrari, and I'm torn between two teams here, between Red Bull and Renault. Oh, that's I good. know Renault, they're, they're looking promising. They've got some great drivers now in Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> Just one half of the garage. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about the rest. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to be boring. I'm going to go for Red Bull. Oh, right. So okay. Mercedes, Red Bull, and Ferrari. In that order? Is that how they're going to finish? One, no, two, three? Mercedes, Ferrari, Red Bull. Oh, That's wow. all. Sorry. Ferrari second. There we and go. And then Red Bull first. I mean, I am. I, do you know what? I'm probably going to go on the top two, but for constructors, I'm going to do it the other way around. Ferrari, I think. Ferrari. Mike Pip, because I think the two Ferrari drivers will finish more consistently than the two Mercedes drivers. Mm. However, one of the Mercedes drivers will be consistently in the top three, I reckon. With no guesses to which one I'm thinking of. I just think, with what happened last year, I don't think Valtteri Bottas is... Well, it might be in the right mindset. I hope he proved me wrong. Mm. It would be great if he did prove me wrong. But I don't think his mindset is 100% compared to Hamilton's, compared to Leclerc's, compared to Vettel's, maybe even compared to the likes of Verstappen, Ricardo. Gasly's got a, a renewed opportunity for, for Red Bull. Um, so my third team, I'm going to pinch Renault. You're going to go for Renault? I'm going to pinch Renault. Because I just think... Hulkenberg can be Mr. Consistent if he wanted mm. to be. When Hulkenberg, when he gets into a good patch of form, he's constantly like top five. He can easily get a top five, maybe even a podium. And might, you might not have one as of yet, I'm not sure. But I've always thought, because even though I'm still quite young, <laughs> um, Hulkenberg has always been that driver who's good, but he's never got that break to a bigger team where like the car is more competitive so he can get them higher up finishes. He's always been that mid-table. Yeah, driver. he's always been Williams, Force India, mm-hmm. uh, Renault, and trying to think if he's been in any other teams. I don't think he has. Um, don't even think he did a stint in Sauber. I don't think so. No, I don't know. No. So, yeah, I'm going to go Renault just because Daniel Ricciardo's brought him like a fresh bit of confidence however new hope looking just a little bit lower than that I think 4th, 5th and 6th is going to be between McLaren Haas and um, uh, the names complete uh, Sauber Sauber so where are you putting Red Bull? oh that's a good point I feel about them and them as well throw them in there <laughs> throw them in there um, yeah, I just, I just, I'm still sceptical on the Honda engine yes yeah um, I've read a couple of things here and there. They're, they're feeling confident about it, and the reason I put them third because I think, as much as I'm not the biggest fan of the drive, I think Verstappen will do a good job for them. I think. Yeah, Verstappen's one of them. He, he, he he's. I, 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 ref, I refrain from calling him Senna-esque. Mm. I think the the best I can. I, I think the, the biggest compliment I can I can pay to him is what 
Um, he's similar to what Alonso did in 2003-2004 where he was young, he came on the scene, he was punchy mm. and overtook in places that people mm. didn't believe were overtakes but because he's, you know, the fear factor doesn't kick in until you're about 27 or something After like that. one big accident. Yeah, yeah, so I think he's, you know, he's still showing that you know, there are there are inventive and new places to overtake. I mean, at Monaco, he, he showed oh. it that you can still overtake the um, around the outside uh, of Rosberg in Beckett's. Yeah, he, a couple he, of years ago. That yeah, two thousand and sixteen, I think that was. Uh, it might be two thousand seventeen. I'm sure somebody will correct me. Uh, no, it was two thousand sixteen. Um, yeah, so he's kind of he, he's kind of that young punchy, you know, mm. and like a but, young Hamilton. Yeah, Almost. again, again, a similar style to that. However, what we've got with Charles Leclerc is a young... Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how he does this. A season. young driver that's just unbelievable. He's just this talent just pouring out of everywhere. Same with Lando Norris. He doesn't seem... He's not come on as this punchy, punchy driver. He's come on as, you know, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be there. Which brings us on to our next page. We talk about drivers who are going to be the top three. Mine, dead simple. Hamilton, Leclerc, Vettel, that order. Well, mine's similar, similar to yours. I'm going Hamilton first because I just big think, up the Brit. <laughs> big up the Brit. And then I'm going for Leclerc second as well. Mm. I just think he's going to bring that extra bit of spice Same. in. And then because of that, I'm going to go for Bottas third. Not Vettel because oh. I think Leclerc will start getting like the better results than Vettel, so Fry will shift their focus towards him, try and win him, That's and push point. him. Good point. And plus, Vettel so far in his career, he's had it very lucky with like not many breakdowns and like just. Oh, we've seen we've seen with Vettel as well that when you get punchy with him, in you know Ricardo did it, mm. um, Raikkonen to an extent brought it to him mm. last year. Um, he's struggled. Yeah. Because I, th- I, don't, I don't know it's whether he, he's just... He, he, it, it seems to me the driver that likes to keep himself to himself. Yeah. And when somebody comes in, he's brash, he's bold. Like he, a young Leclerc, maybe? We, we don't know. We don't know. No. But we'll leave the news bit uh, to... to late to bed for today. Uh, very much... Thank you to our new section, which is Podcast Exchange, which was a great suggestion from Ben Seaton, uh, who shout who, out, shout out there indeed. Uh, which brings us to our next bit, which is the marshalling story. Now you can choose, Jay. You've either got because I'm going to start this off. So this is a section where we tell a story. It can be funny. It can be um, something that puts enlightening. A, uh, enlightening. It's something that can put a, a myth to bed. It's um, or it's something that you know. It's a good, a, a nice piece of news that you've, you know, you've shared with somebody who's, who's a new, new marshal that you've, you've taught them the ropes, or you're a new marshal and you want to give credit to somebody. We want, we want to hear your stories around marshalling because, you know, it, you could be from any country in the world. We want to, we want to hear them because that's how we're going to bring the community together. So Jay, mm-hmm. you get to pick one of my two stories. Okay, we've got the okay. pork pie story, or we've got my Knock Hill story of a car driving away. Let's go with the pork pie story. Right, so the pork pie story. I'll, I'll give you a bit of background information for those if you are new to marshalling. If you're a bit aged and experienced in marshalling, you probably know the myth surrounding the pork pie. That if you eat a pork pie, 
you are going to get an incident. The bigger the pork pie, the bigger the incident. The more pork pie is eaten, the bigger the incident. It works with other savoury items as, as well, such as scotch eggs. Harry bows. Harry bows. No, not savoury, but Harry sort of effect. Harry bows and jelly babies, if there is like a junior, it's like if it's the Janetta juniors or something like that, they seem to attract the, the younger they see drivers. The sugar, basically. Yeah, basically. They've, they've got that sweet tooth coming straight for The other one as well is uh, sausage rolls as well, they kind of attract. So when I first started my scene, I was only 16. My uncle, Faz, Alan Farramond, so he'll probably be listening. He's got a shout out as well. He said, whatever you do, don't bring a pork pie. And I panicked. I was like, well, what, what would happen if I go a pork pie? Do I have to share them out? Do I have to give them to people? So I didn't bring a pork pie. So I politely asked him on the day of my first ever meeting, why can't I bring a pork pie? And he was like, well, it's, it's bad luck. It's a bad omen. I was like, well, what do you mean it's a bad omen? He said, if you eat a pork pie, we would have a massive crash. Now, turns out we had a massive crash anyway. But that was due to the fact that we had rain and it was torrential downpour and a grid of 33 Ford XRs. So uh, that kind of came hurtling into turn one at Alton Park, Old Hall, and about 13 left. Um, so we had we had this day and it was, I was still unsure why I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to have a pork pie. And, and he's, he's like, yeah, if somebody eats one, just watch the kindness that unfold. So I did seven, eight years, never ever touched a pork pie at my city. But then we start, I started making my own pack lunches and stuff like that. I couldn't make my own pack lunches before, I was just lazy. Uh, started making my own and well, I was just like, right, do you know what? I'm going to get some pork pies from the shop. I'm going to get two. And you were staying over at mine because you were coming yes. to a, yes. you were coming to a racing because you'd come down from Union. It was easier for to traveling. So we'd done that and I'd got you some pork pies as well and you weren't on my post that day. I think you were at, I want to say, Knickerbrook and it was the last BRSCC meeting. I think it was in September and I was up at Shell and Andy Mel, who was the post chief, will remember this day, so will Paul Levitt. Andy Ringrose was my flaggy. And I'm trying to think, I think there was Calf Richmond up there as well. There were a couple, there were a few others. Um, and I've never ever had pork pies. And everybody joking around, like when I've been to other tracks and seen somebody eating a pork pie, like, oh, here comes the crash. It's like one of the things that you say in my scene, oh, it's not rain today, or oh, we could get a lunch break. You just don't say up. Or an early finish. Or an early finish. It's another one. Oh, there's not been a red flag yet. Um, so when we got to post out at lunch, I was eating this pork pie. And Paul Levitt said to me, do you want a crash? I went, well, no, I'm just eating a pork pie. I'm just basically having nutrition, if you can call a pork pie nutrition. And I was like, well, it's it's just food. It's just food. It's not going to cause a crash. This myth doesn't exist. I've been marshalling nearly, nearly nine years. Not once have I seen somebody eat a pork pie and carnage ensue. It's never happened. It's never happened. So I've had one at lunch. Next session, nothing. Next session, nothing. So I go and get the other one out of my bag and I go, look, see, nothing wrong. I ate that one. The next session was a junior sports car salute. There was one was laying stricken across the track on the entry to Shell. Was in a position that if cars had slowed down under wave yellows, which they were doing, we're getting past safely. But it just rolled back enough that it took away two lanes of passing and left one. It's just three cars were coming around. What, there was two, uh, one slipstream and the other, and another one slightly higher up, and it had to duck down. 
and thus causing carnage. And when you go and you deal with the incident, you don't think of you don't think of anything that's that's happened like that. You deal with the incident. Uh, three drivers, all three drivers were okay. We, you know the the classic example where which one seems most hurt. There was one that they weren't getting out of the car. Um, you know I don't need to say who they are. I don't need to say what car because they were all fine. The cars weren't fine, but you know that's kind of by and by racing. The drivers were fine. That was the most important thing. They weren't getting out. The adrenaline had kicked in, so we called for the rescue unit. We got them out of the car. Anyway, everything the clear up operation happened, and by the time it happened, it had gone. We were walking back, and I just remember Paul Levitt turning to me and going, "That's you, that with your pork pie." And from that day, I have been so scared to take a pork pie to the racing that I'm never ever going to take one again because. Just through my blissful ignorance of, oh, that one doesn't happen. It's just caused a three-car pile at home. Like, oh, my God, what have I done with this walk by? It's so nice, but it's just ruined my life today. So if you've got any stories like that, and if not, I'll tell my, my not-kill story next time. But if you've got a, a story, please, please, please feel free to message us in. Again, on Facebook. We're on Facebook, A Life in Orange. Twitter, at An Orange Life. Uh, we're on Instagram as well and you can find us on the website Life in Orange you can contact us through there we really really uh, would like to thank you for listening to this podcast we've enjoyed thank it thank you very much thank you very much um, and we've got to get ready for working on the next one which will probably be in a month's time they're yeah. probably going to be monthly so uh, I'd really like to thank you all for listening and I think you would like to do the same as well yep. thank you all for listening and uh, you've been listening to a podcast in Orange you're listening to a podcast in Orange a Marshall's view of motorsport.